Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's dare to move. Welcome back, my lovely listeners. Today we have someone that I have been just waiting in so much excitement to um, share with you. Her name is Christine Owenell, and she is slash was my coach um, in 2019 and part of 2020. I will forever be a student of hers. And today I want to take... Um, a large amount of time to explain who she is in a formal way because this episode recording is, it just dives right into the work and it really grasps a hold of who she is and and her work. We go deep into a lot of different topics um, such as being a neutral proxy as a coach. We talk about co-creation. We talk about presence. We talk about consciousness and just getting, we just got down to the core of self-awareness and what that looks like and how it can evolve for all of us in, in different ways. And so because we just dove into it and you will learn from her that she is an alchemist, she is a mother, um, she doesn't share a lot about her professional background and um, to understand all of her knowledge and wisdom, I, I would just love to share um her background. So first and foremost, I have a little bio that um, is written about her from Evolution, which is a coaching organization, and she is a coach for them, but she also runs her own ONL Global Consultancy coaching firm. Uh, but she just coaches for Evolution as they need. They do a lot of um, leadership development, a lot of executive coaching, a lot of team development, and so on. So I would love to just take a second to read what uh, they have to say about her because <laughs> um, it's quite awesome. Christina Owenell is an executive coach, teamwork facilitator, organizational consultant, and international speaker. Christine's work is focused on supporting positive behavioral change through experiential strategy and elevating self-awareness. She helps companies scale without losing their soul by coaching executives to lead through integrative alignment. Christine has advised and or coached leaders at Slack, Vanderbilt, LinkedIn, The Entourage, Radiology Partners, Versus, Luma, Northwestern Mutual, OnSite, Commonwealth Bank of Australia, Cloud9, 60, Ceremonial Grade, and many others. The arc of Christine's career is defined by her fascination with the psychology of the human condition and how elements of our mindset can be activated for massive personal growth and impact. Related to this, in recent years, she has sharpened her understanding of the neurobiology of human change. Early in her career, she was named as one of 10 Clinton scholars to conduct research in the Middle East on conflict resolution and global interdependence. The range of skills she gained in cross-cultural communication, body language analysis, hostage negotiation, and foreign languages still come into play regularly in her work. As senior vice president of Vermont, Christine helped build Formula E into an international success. 
In this position, she learned the importance of bringing soulful, big why conversations into the boardroom, being part of a significant global deal flow, exploring the future of mobility. She discovered through high-impact multi-stakeholder negotiations how to remove obstacles, transcend differences, and launch forward with a united vision. Following divestment, Christine founded Dakia. D-A-K-I-A, to accelerate positive transformation in emerging markets. Projects spanned industries including tech, real estate, banking, mobility, clean energy, government, and entertainment. Christine believes that one day soon we will enjoy an economy where leaders and companies everywhere are functioning through lenses of presence, compassion, and a fundamental kindness. As a result, how we experience and exercise business and wealth will catalyze the elevation of our shared humanity. And the reason I just took so much time to share probably the longest bio I've ever shared of a guest is because her way of being in this podcast is in so many ways the lesson. The lesson that um, I believe she teaches the leaders, the founders, the executives, and the teams that she works with. And that's because... It's not about how much can you output, how many names can you drop, how, um, how many people are you connected to, what does your outside world look like, how beautiful is your office. It's not about a lot of the high-performing, uh, a lot of the things we think about sometimes when we think about high performers. Um, what she does in her way of being, which is contemplative, thoughtful, connected, um, accepting, uh, empathetic, non-judgmental, all of those things and the ways she shows up in this world are the lessons that she's teaching people who do wield a lot of power, who do have very successful businesses and have some really hard decisions to make as CEOs, but also um, people who have hard decisions to make right now in this in this time we find ourselves in, which is a time of global pause, a time um, wherein the planet, the world is asking us to sit and think, asking us to be still, forcing us to be still so that it's hard to come up with what what the answer is. And I have to give a tiny spoiler alert. The last question I asked Christine today is, um, what advice are you giving the high-level very successful people that you work with. What is that advice for right now? Because we're all struggling with the unknowns, with the uncertainty. And she gives an incredible answer. So definitely make sure you listen all the way through. Um, If you are curious about learning a little bit more about Christine's uh, deep background in hostage negotiation and basically being a spy, which is wild. She lived all over the planet. Um, my favorite thing that <laughs> to do is to search Christine Owenall in Apple Podcasts. There are so many beautiful episodes with her. I know Mark Shapiro, Are You Being Real, um, featured Christine. I know Caleb and Kara, their podcast. I think if you just type in Caleb and Kara, it will come up did an amazing one on her, and so did Rebecca Louise in Australia. So there are so many great podcasts to learn more about her background. Today, we focused, I I didn't really, I just wanted, I don't know, I I wanted to go into, I had a lot of questions for her, but 
they all kind of circle around how to think in a different new way outside the box. So I am so excited to um, present um, Christine to you guys and, and allow you to, to hear her wisdom that she so gracefully shared. The final thing I want to do, because my loyal listeners, you know, I always do this, is I always share how... I got connected to the guest. And in the case of, you know, someone we had a couple weeks ago, it was like, hey, this is my internet friend. You know, we met because she reached out and we found each other's websites, et cetera. Um, And in the cases of a friend of a friend, I love telling that story and I love telling people who I've known for a while. And the story um, about how I know Christine is really cool, in my opinion. And, um, in as far back as 2013, I was living in Chicago. I was new into the real world post-college. I was working a job. I was traveling back and forth um, from Chicago to Boston to do that real estate development job. And I was quite honestly exhausted. And my parents um, invited me to go to a party in Nashville for the grand opening of a Lexus dealership that... Um, their friends were opening or maybe reopening. Um, and anyway, I decided to go literally five days before. And um, it was a really fun weekend, beautiful um, time to get out of Chicago since Nashville's much more temperate. And I I actually have this really interesting picture of Christine. I should text it to her when I stop recording this, um, of her in this gorgeous orange gown in front of this beautiful piece of artwork. And I learned about her and my friend who is who I was with that night, um, his name's Jameson, is a family friend of hers. So she was invited to the party and he said, you know, she's a total badass. You would not believe her background. She is, she was a Clinton scholar. She's done all this crazy stuff. She travels the world. I'm surprised she's even here because she's, you know, always just out and around the globe. And I was just, she just seemed very mystical to me. So I uh, was connected. We were in a photo together. So we were tagged and I um, think I friend requested her on Facebook. And then um, I started following her on Instagram as Instagram got bigger. And I just fell in love with her writing and um, would flag a post anytime I saw something that she wrote if I couldn't read it right then and there. And um, one time I saw a photo that this was last year. I saw a photo that I flagged and I said, I really want to read this later. And when I came back to it, I got to her profile and I realized she had changed her byline. And the byline said, um, actually, I'm going to pull it up right now because I I don't want to like make it up because I don't think that she has changed it. But um, it said, high level business yoga, except instead of shifting your body, you shift your awareness, scale with soul. And then it said, I coach execs luminaries and HNWIs. And I believe that you hear everything and you see everything at the right time. And I don't know if I had seen that byline before or if this was just the first time I noticed it. I don't know if she had recently changed it, but I had just gotten back from a boot camp, a financial boot camp, where they were using that abbreviation for HNWI, which stands for high net worth individuals. And um, at this moment in time, I am not a high net worth individual. But that signaled to me, oh my gosh, she works with individuals. And I decided right then and there that I was going to work with her. So I applied to her program or her coaching and um, so it began. So that is kind of the the whirlwind of um, seven years of me finally choosing the right time to engage uh, with her for coaching. And it was just and continues to be 
a very transformative experience and I will um, never be able to grasp, I don't know, I don't think I'll ever be able to grasp all of the lessons that um, her work and, and she that she has taught me. So without further ado, I will wrap this long intro up and share with you my coach and coach herself, Christine Owenall. Oh, one more thing. I am referring to the book that if you listen to this podcast, you know exactly what book I'm talking about. It's the Happy Pocket Full of Money book, and it is by um, David Cameron Gaconde. And Christine actually sent it to me. And so when we both joke about holding the same book up, that is the book we are talking about. I will link it in the show notes. So now, without further ado, here is Christine. I wanted to start with, um, in my typical podcast fashion, I start with a quote. And instead of just having um, one quote that stood out to me, I wanted to test your theory that I've been doing this whole quarantine about this book and turning, just turning to the right page. <laughs> I wish we could post the video. This. Literally right on top because I've been doing the same thing, turning to a random page. It's been wild. Um, uh-huh. I've been finding the right pages. And today, um, literally the page that came up is um, 142 and 143. And it talks about um, thinking outside the box. And what was um, so perfect this morning when I found that in thinking of you was before I worked with you, I felt like I was stuck inside a box that was um, dark and I couldn't Mm -hmm. get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so today to start this podcast with you, I'm going to read just a little piece of this um, and then have you share what that means to you. Okay. So uh, it says, think outside the box, the box that has been created by your past conditioning experiences, teachers, news, environment, and so on. It's not a real box. It only exists in your mind and the minds of those around you. This is all that keeps the box there. It is not real on its own. It needs you and everyone else to survive. You can break out of the box by thinking outside of it. You have heard this many times, but now you can do it all the time. And then it goes on, gives some examples, and it says, for the example, another example is how do you build a totally new and radical house or car The answer is by dropping all previous constructions of how you have been told a house or a car needs to be built. And when I read that, thinking of you, I just thought this is, from my perspective, the nature of your work. So I'd love for you to start with that. Yes. First of all, I love the fact that you use the Happy Pocket Full of Money book as an oracle, as I do. Um, yeah, this, this concept of thinking outside the box, the way that the author frames that it's, it somehow adds another dimension to our understanding of what is the box. And I think the most empowering thing to recognize is his assertion that we create, not only do we create the box, we keep the box here by what we're continuing to assume about what we know to be true. And the thing about truth and knowledge is that it seems, especially if it's about ourselves and our possibilities, it seems to be really subjective. So it's, it's our duty to ourselves. We owe it to ourselves to be able to train our minds to, um, 
to abandon assumptions that we continue to make and recognize what is an assumption, what is a self-truth, what is a societal truth. And when we're dreaming and visualizing and trying to understand what our next steps are to embrace this idea that that we don't have to take an incremental step from what our life currently looks like. It could be completely out of the box. (laughs) Ooh, what is, um, maybe before we go into who you are, that's always the second Mm -hmm. question I ask. Um, what's an example, um, from your own life that you've taken what seems to be like just a giant leap away from, where um, maybe you thought you were going, maybe other people thought you should be going. What was that like for you? Okay, when I took a leap away from what people thought I should be doing. The first thing, I'm sure there are many examples of this, but the first thing that, that comes up for me, which seems a little bit pedestrian, but <laughs> there are probably a lot of people that have had this scenario where um, my first child was one. And, um, I, I had had a pretty hard postpartum period for the first, I don't know, six, seven, eight months. And I felt very trapped. Like it was, it was a lot of feelings of as much. I, and I, I, I'm wary about saying this because I know how it sounds as much as I absolutely adored my son, um, there were, there were definite thoughts of, Oh my gosh, what have I done? Mm -hmm. Um, my life completely revolves around like feeding and keeping this person alive. And I felt like I didn't have any time for me. And I felt like I didn't have time to read and I didn't have time to create because it was just like every waking hour. Um, and so I was definitely in like a woe is me victim mentality, self-created box (laughs) zone. And when he was nine or so months, we hired a nanny for two days a week. And um, I had the opportunity to just go out of the house and go to a coffee shop and do exactly what I thought I wanted to be doing, which was reading and and learning. And I did read and learn a lot. And that invigorated me to come back home. It was like they fed each other, like he fed me to be able to go. And I was just like, okay, so what it, what I was missing was an interdimensionality to my life. And so I, I basically created a, created this new way of doing business based on what I was learning. And he got to be one and I booked by miracles because I did think outside the box of what was possible. I went from like stay at home mom to I somehow was able to book, I think it was four speeches in Sydney, Australia. They all happened to be in Sydney. And one of them was um, at this huge event, the Australian Financial Review sponsored by Deloitte. And I was speaking in the policy series. And there was a part of me that was like, how did this happen? Like, this makes no sense. Um, and everyone was very skeptical because this, this was going to take a month of me being away by myself. And like, keep in mind, I had traveled, I think maybe two or three days max twice since he was born. 
And so I was getting a lot of messages about uh, that's irresponsible. You have a, a, you know, you have a responsibility to your home and your child. Like you can't just leave. You can't just like do this. You can't just build a life and have a baby and then leave for a month overseas. <laughs> mm. And yeah, so I was getting that messaging, but I decided to take the leap anyway, because it felt the most aligned with my soul. It's like, I could feel it when I would think about taking that trip, it felt like I could breathe. Whereas when it, when I thought about canceling it because of other people's opinions, it, I felt like I was being crushed. <laughs> so I did it. I took the leap and I did it. And that is what then launched my career as I know it today. Wow. Not pedestrian. (laughs) Incredible. Because so many women are grappling with that same, um, I don't want to say confliction, but just wrestling with uh, who am I and what is my new reality? So I think that that was incredibly relatable. And I really want to dive into later um, as we discuss um, what listening to your inner voice looks like for you or your intuition. I definitely want to go there. But um, before we do, the second question I've been asking people after you know proposing a, a quote or a thought for them is, um, who are you? And, it, and I ask that now because when I first started the podcast, I'd say, what do you do? Because I was personally struggling with what do I do? And um, I know that we're all defined by so much more than, than our careers. And so that's been my, my first question for season two of this podcast is just the simple but very hard sometimes to answer question of who are you? I am an alchemist. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. In every sense of the word, in every area of my life. And this is a newer identity that I'm trying on and recognizing the truth of the root of alchemy is the, it was a study about how to turn basic metals into gold, but kind of like the metaphorical view of alchemy is taking something of low value and alchemizing it, transforming it to something of high value. So it's this to quote Harry Potter, because I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. It's like transfiguration. (laughs) Mm. It's transfiguration of what we have available to us that maybe doesn't seem ideal and recognizing that actually what we have available to us is the same thing, but it's how we alchemize it that makes a difference and how we can be with it, whether it's something that feels constricting or liberating. And I believe, and I'm playing with this both as a, as a mother and as a coach and as an advisor and as a friend, as a wife, it's kind of everything. Mm. Um, this, this understanding of uh, my practice of taking what is, embracing what is, not trying to move past it or get over it or um, like assume or or deny or anything. It's look fully at what's in our hands and understand how that can be alchemized to something Um, else. And you so beautifully wrote about um, the alchemy of chaos recently on Instagram and um, to be sensitive about um, the spirit of where we are right now in in time and space. I, I feel like before I move on to my next question, it would be 
pertinent to ask you what alchemy is looking like for you right now as we stand here in what most people are saying is, you know, week two, if you will, of this quarantine time. Yeah. Thank you for this question. This is my active contemplation right now. The, I came up with this phrase, the alchemy of chaos. And it was one of those moments where I was just writing. I had no other inputs. I had poured some living tea that a friend of mine gifted me. And this phrase just dropped into my consciousness. And it was within the last few weeks, I think, because I was feeling what's happening in the world with this pandemic and this unprecedented global experience that we're all having together. And um, the alchemy of chaos to me means that as human beings, we can open our eyes to what's happening and plug into it. And I mean this in a lot of ways. So first of all, I think it's important to not try and bypass, like spiritually bypass what's happening by saying that this is all, you know, for good and, you know, that whole thing where they're, there are, um, there's very real suffering happening right now in a lot of different ways, economically with people dying, with people, um, losing, there's a lot of loss. And so I think it's important to really, um, allow ourselves to feel that whether we're someone that's directly affected by this or not. I think this, this whole, thing with this pandemic is that that we are a collective and that we can't hide from one another. Um, And at the same time, the power of plugging into that, I think then um, allows us to access information that we need that's relevant right now, kind of like that alchemy. What is here for us right now that can be um, the indicator of what our next step is both individually and collectively. So alchemy of chaos is this process of, yes, this is chaotic. This is unprecedented. Everyone keeps using that word. Um, but the, the root of chaos, which I've only just looked up, it's like this phrase popped into my mind and I started to look up the etymology of these words. Did you know that chaos, uh, one of the older definitions of it, specifically from the Greek tradition, is uh, basically like a formless substance like water where all possibility is born, from which all possibility arises. It's kind of like the chaos of the universe arose, this, everything that we know. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it's that perspective, like what is here for us if we knew that this chaos is exactly... um, the it's made up of our ingredients individually and collectively to move through this and come become and not even come out of it like like just like deleting that phrase from our minds like because that still is focusing us on let's just get back let's let's get out of this alchemy is this is this is <laughs> don't future trip don't past trip this is what is here Mm. And sitting with that and not, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I had a download very early on 
I was talking to Jeff about, hey, when we, and I was like, I, I wanted to say get back to normal or when we, and I couldn't get the words out because I knew this will forever change the way we think about everything. And I appreciate your perspective so much because it makes honestly the most sense of anything that I've heard. And instead of just throwing a bow on it and finding the silver lining or um, something like that. So um, your ability to think, your ability to um, really dive deep into the meanings of words, the meanings of life, the meaning in nature, the meanings in everything is a skill. And it's something that seems to be an ongoing learning for you, but it also deeply applies to your work. So I would love for you to segue into what you do with your skill of alchemy in your, in your <laughs> career. But before you just try to summarize the expansive work that you do, um, when I went to write this question today, I knew where I was going with it, but I actually wrote, um, what was the calling that brought you to this career? The calling. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm connecting a dot right now with the way that you asked that question and the story that I told about my postpartum period and how that happened. It did feel like chaos. Wow. That, that postpartum period had a lot of chaotic elements just adjusting to this, like, what is this entirely new universe that I've never, you know, it's just completely like unprecedented is a great word. Like no <laughs> one can prepare you for the reality of having you. And, um, uh, in, in beautiful ways and in really hard ways and the calling arose from that chaotic period that, that I was forced to take a break mentally from the way that I had been applying my mind to the, to my career. I was, I, I, there was no room left for me to continue to process my career. And mm. it was from the chaos that I was able to hear the calling of working with individuals. And this was different for me. Prior, my, my career prior to having a baby was all about organizational efficacy and redesigning the DNA of organizations, working with full companies. Yes, leadership teams, but not individuals. And yeah, this, this, uh, this calling came for me around if we, can, if we can be with each other and I can be a mirror to what is within someone and I can. I can interact with them in a way where I voice things to them that I see and know to be true about them that maybe they can't see, then that feels relevant. <laughs> that feels significant. And, and it, was a, it was a rethink because I used to think in my mind, okay, I'm going to work with massive organizations and I'm going to come in and make this huge impact on this huge company. So it didn't, quote unquote, make sense for me to just work with people one by one. Uh, I even thought in my mind, is this scalable? Is this mm. like, what, what does this make no sense? But yeah, it was that calling from the chaos 
the clarity that came from the chaos was it is my work right now, at least to sit in front of human beings and tell them what I see from their wisdom. Mm. Wow. And for the listeners, um, I, I feel like I'm starting to get to know my audience and I think a lot of us have a voice or a thought or an idea about maybe this isn't right, whether that's their job, their relationship, um, a friendship, a city, um, anything that they're currently calling their reality. And they don't always know what the first step is. Um, they hear the calling and maybe they don't really listen to it, but after it comes maybe a fifth time or sixth time, it's like, okay, I get it. I need to go do this thing but I'm over here. So this kind of circles back to like what we started with today, getting outside the box. But um, what was the first step for you? I know you mentioned um, leaving the house was really um, a huge part of it, but in the nature of your work, did you, you know, as, as a, as a coach, as a leader, as a guide, did you hire someone or um, was it a book you read or something that got, got you to feel like you were now walking the path? That is a wonderful question. I read so many books during that time period. Mm. I'm going to say in five, four or five months, I read 60 books. Wow. Yeah. I was obsessed <laughs> and I was like, I would keep notes in my Evernote and all of the books were relevant in some way. But there was one exercise that I somehow saw on social media I'm trying to think back. I, like I can picture the the guy's face, but he was like a he was a someone mentioned him in their post, and I clicked, and then there was a free exercise that was in his links. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember something like that, and it was this exercise around um, writing your writing your vision, but starting with. 15 years out and you just write the absolute grandest, greatest vision that you can imagine, which is easy, which is really easy when we think, okay, 15 years from now, that's so long. Anything is possible. Mm. So writing it down in as much detail as possible. And then you work your way backwards. So then you write about 14 years from now and looking at what you wrote for 15 years from now, you say, okay, what has to be true in year 14 to make year 15 be real? Mm. And then you work your way back. Okay. Year 13. Now that I have year 14 written, what has to be true? What has to happen in year 13 in order to make year 14 possible? And you do that all the way back down. And then you have a pretty clear map uh for yourself that is grounded in this like beyond your wildest dreams vision i love that i think sometimes it's hard to to it takes a minute to go as pie in the sky as as possible um i really like that action step for people thank you um one thing that stood out to me i mean many things i will forever uh, have in my mind. I actually have a, a letter on my desk that I'm trying to finish writing to you because I'm like, I, I will have so many lessons from you that I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I express it now? Um, 
But one of the things was, and I have a lot of coaches, um, whether they're personal trainers or breakup coaches or other life coaches that I know. So, and I, I'm really excited to share uh, you with them. And one thing you stood out to me from a coaching perspective was this idea you, you kept saying, um, you are a neutral proxy in your work. Like you were like, this is what I'm here to do. This is what you're here to do. And it was something that really struck me as a powerful way to think about two people coming together to work together to help the alchemy of what is to be. Not that one person holds, wields the power or the other person does. And it's not about me or it's not about, it's, it's like this neutral Thing. So I would love for you to unpack that because it was just like, I think about it every day. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is a good one. This, this concept of mine, I developed, um, inspired by the work of Nancy Klein. I believe I told you about the, the book time to think. Have it. So, yep. <laughs> it's like, we both have so many books <laughs> everywhere. I love it. Uh, yeah. So in this book, she talks about coaching in this new way that, that is very focused on the integrity of not being emotionally charged one way or another, being in a place of neutrality by acknowledging when two people come together if you can come together neutrally, you can allow what is trying to emerge to kind of be birthed <laughs> in this space between you. Um, when, when one person comes in with an agenda, it crushes that possibility. When one person comes in thinking that, oh, I'm learning from this person, it, it's, it doesn't work the same way, you know, because they're kind of like automatically defaulting to the other person. Um, mm. So, so there's this magic thing that happens when two parties come together, assuming the wisdom and perfection of the other in their thinking, in their perspective, in their ideas. And it's in that container that, I mean, to me, I keep making that sound. I don't know why. I, I think it's <laughs> my, very my, my, perfect. My two-year-old's been making that sound a lot. I guess I'm picking up on it. Uh, that, <laughs> um, that the, all this possibility lies there. And something that Nancy mm. Klein said that I remember reading and just like sitting with, because at the time, and I'll tell you the phrase first and then I'll explain it. The phrase is, as a coach in your highest expression, you are both essential and irrelevant. You are essential and you are irrelevant in equal ways. Mm. So I read this at first and I said, well, how, that doesn't make any sense. Then why is someone hiring me? Yeah. Like, if I'm not providing that, if I'm irrelevant, <laughs> then <laughs> I don't understand how that then translates into someone making the decision to work with me. Mm. Um, but what I came to understand is my ability to embrace that I am essential because I am the other half of that neutral proxy. I'm the other half of that neutral space that's being created. And for that, I'm essential. But mm. I am irrelevant because <sighs> the quality of the thinking and what is coming out of that, especially if it's when, with me working as the coach with another person that, that's, that's geared towards them, I am irrelevant because it's their thinking, it's their wisdom, it's their possibilities, it's their dreams, it's their orientation that is, that is being birthed 
from that place. And I have nothing to do with that. And if I think that I have something to do with it, then I bring my bias and then I crush their possibilities before they even begin. Mm. Wow. For the listeners who can't see Christine, it's almost like if you took your um, <laughs> hands in a prayer uh, with your, your hands flat together and then you open them about, I don't know, eight inches, 10 inches or foot, that's the container that she's talking about. And the container has, you've used that word so many times and I, I, I got it, but now I'm getting it in an even deeper way. It's like the wall that has to be on the other side for this to be an enclosed special place that, yeah, where, where things are birthed. It's, um, really an incredible, um, way to think about it. And also I think for the coaches listening to understand how crucial it is to come in without the agenda or the bias. And for someone who's thinking about hiring a coach that there's no one person that's going to change your life or do things for you. It's about you. Um, and the, of and yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, which actually segues into, um, another question that, so I did, I'm doing three interviews today, which I don't know if I've done in, in a long time. And there are some strong parallels between you and, and the other people I'm interviewing. And I thought, what's one question that I can ask all of these people? And the question is, um, it's something I've been seeing unfold in my life and really thinking about is what is or how do you think about the term co-creation in your life and in your career? Co-creation. It, it really, I would, I would point us right back to that segment of the conversation we just had, that co-creation at its best in my experience is between two people who are coming together for a, for this purpose. And I think that co-creation can also happen in groups. I think that it can happen in larger formats. Um, but the, in my experience, the most magical things happen with two people who are looking into each other's eyes and co-creating from this, from this place. And to me, Co-creation has a lot of, uh, you have to, it's almost like you have to, in order to truly co-create, you have to abandon expectations of yourself or other or of the result. Um, You must really understand that once you enter the creative process to try and not make it about you. Make it about what are you channeling in? What are you the vessel for? Mm. I've found that to be tremendously helpful when I'm trying to create something from like my agenda or it's about me in any way, or I believe that it's reflecting on me in any way doesn't work. It's crickets. When I lean into this belief that there's a creative something that is somewhere else, that's not me. It's not mine. It's just wanting to come through me. And I'm this, again, like a neutral, like water faucet. Mm. And all I have to do is open to it and it comes out exactly in the perfection of what it's meant to be. But I'm not supposed to, it's like, it's like, it takes over my hands, you know, (laughs) takes over my mind for a minute. Actually, there's a poem that I recently read. That's pretty short. Do you want me to read it? Absolutely. That has to do exactly with this, this, this creation. Um, And it's by John O'Donohue. And I have 
it right here. Let's see. Callings. I didn't know I was going to do this or else I would have That's had the it. best. <laughs> I would have had it um, marked. Oh no. Am I going to be able to find it? <laughs> Hang on. It's okay. There's no rush. Okay. It's not homecomings. It's this book called To Bless the Space Between Us. Mm. And, oh, here we go. I'm getting, I'm getting there. I remember this. Goodness gracious. <laughs> we might have to come back to this. It feels relevant though, so I want to read it. Okay, here we go. For the artist at the start of the day. May morning be astir with the harvest of night, your mind quickening to the eros of a new question, your eyes seduced by some unintended glimpse that cut right through the surface to a source. May this be a morning of innocent beginning when the gift within you slips clear of the sticky web of the personal with its hurt and its hauntings and fixed fortress corners, a morning when you become a pure vessel for what wants to ascend from silence. May your imagination know the grace of perfect danger to reach beyond imitation and the wheel of repetition deep into the call of all, the unfinished and unsolved, until the veil of the unknown yields and something original begins to stir towards your senses and grow stronger in your heart. In order to come to birth in a clean line of form that claims from time a rhythm not yet heard, that calls space to a different shape. May it be its own force field and dwell uniquely between the heart and the light to surprise the hungry eye by how deftly it fits about its secret loss. I have chills. Whew. I mean, come on, John O'Donohue. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and oh, when you think about channeling or um, using like your own spirituality in coaching or in co-creation, what is that like for you? And maybe start with your own ability to tap into what he's talking about there in your own day-to-day -day with what you're exploring and what you're contemplating and what you want to co-create for your own career or family. And then maybe how you've taken that and applied it to your work. Mm -hmm. It's it's a continual it's a continual exercise for me in abandoning expectation and also um, moving through and really feeling. I have this deep fear of judgment and fear of criticism. So creating and putting things out there is a, is a big trigger point for me. And um, it's the the less I make it about me, uh. the the more freely this can flow. And, and if it's not about me, then it's not about someone judging me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I create something that I think is like this expression of me and then someone criticizes it, it's like, it's like pounding my heart into a splatter on a, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But if I'm just like, I was just a vessel for that. Like, there it is. It's a lot, it's a lot easier for me, at least this is a mindset trick that I, that I have with myself. Um, for me to be able to create with integrity. Um, and when it comes to creating in these larger dimensions, like within a family or within a business, um, I think the same principles apply. Like, y'all, we got we to gotta come together and try and understand the line between our expectation and 
um, what we hope for possibility um, because it, we, I, I think that in the, on the path of co-creation, I think that there's a lot of possibility that gets crushed that we unintentionally are doing both with ourselves and with others because we have this idea of how it should be. I mean, almost back to the, to the pandemic question, our mm. idea of how something should be is the source of a lot of the suffering right now, because it's like, everyone's on lockdown. Wait, I should be able to blah, blah, blah. blah. Wait, what if this that doesn't let up? Blah, blah, blah. That whole line of thinking is, um, keeps us away from what's here and today and this hour and this minute and this interaction, this thought even. Uh, mm. So yeah, co-creation it is, it's almost like you have to decide on a set of agreements for yourself and for anyone that you invite into your creative space that has some elements of whatever resonates with you about this. Wow. I like that idea of coming in um, with the agreements so that the, or even like the expectation of not setting an expectation is set. Um, so you can actually, uh, like Nancy Klein says, think um, more freely. And as you were just sharing that, I got this visual of like walking a path and everyone's saying, look to your right and you're going to see a bear. Just keep looking to your right. He always comes out the right side and you're watching the right. And then the whole time there's like beautiful scenery and like other <laughs> animals on the left. It's like you miss what you could also be seeing. Um, so That's I really, brilliant. I really, it's a um, beautiful metaphor. Oh, well, thank you. It just kind of came to me. Um, when you were explaining. So I would love for you to share um, a standout moment for you in your coaching career, something that you're proud of, something that came into your life or, or um, taught you something you didn't expect to learn, just something that, um, may, or even something that validated your calling to even go after it. Mm -hmm. There are so many of those. I, I, I always say um, that I'm, I'm so, I feel so fortunate to have created this space for myself to be able to work in this way because it feels like my days are this never ending chain of miraculous interactions where I get to witness human transcendence every day in little ways and big ways. Uh, but it's almost the little ways that, that, bring me into myself. And a recent example, I was with a client doing a, doing it like a half day intensive. And, uh, this client is someone who, um, has this story about herself or had had in the past, <laughs> had a story about herself that I don't follow through structures and organization have never been my thing. I'm just not that person. Um, and like task oriented things make my skin crawl, you know, just kind of like that, that vibe. And we were working on, um, because in, in the realm of executive coaching, it's like, yes, it's, it's mindset and philosophy. And it's also, okay, <laughs> what action items need to be executed on by this date in order to work in integrity towards this vision that you say that you have. Like there, there are things that do need to be addressed in 3D, as they say. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> we, were, we were sitting in this room and 
it was just kind of like, she was just a little bit like unfocused and she was like, oh, this isn't flowing. This isn't flowing. And just kind of kept saying things like that, like making judgments of herself, making judgments of what was or was not happening. And, um, and at one point, and it was just, it kind of felt stuck and sticky and just like, it just this, this feeling of trying to like move a tractor out of mud. And, um, and she had to go to the restroom. So she left the room and I was like, I've got to switch up this space. I've got to switch. I just got to switch the energy up. So I got my phone and I put on this rad playlist on Spotify called Tea Ceremony. If anyone ever needs thinking music, it's so good. Tea Ceremony. It has a little green emoji. That's how you know <laughs> that it's the one I'm talking about. Um, and so I put on music and I just kind of tried to energetically shift things. And then I stood at the doorway and as she walked back up to me, I said, hello. She was like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? And I said, well, you're about to see, see that there's a threshold in front of your feet right now. And you're about to cross this threshold. And on the other side of this threshold, this space that I'm standing in is a space where things flow and organization is easy and structures are beneficial and it's magic in this space. So, and she's also a projector. And I said, so I invite you into this space. Would you like to cross the threshold and join me? And she was just like, I love you. This is the best. Yes, I'd like to come in. And so she crossed the threshold, literally crossed the threshold. And as she physically crossed the threshold, it was like she mentally crossed the threshold into this new way of being that was a possibility that she just wasn't accessing. And we accomplished, I'm going to say in 45 minutes, what she thought was going to be weeks of work. And it was just wow. one of those moments where I was sitting there in awe of her because she did it. I created the space. I created the container. I created an agreement that we would have. And then she just came alive within it. And you know, it was just a beautiful moment where at the end of that, I, I really, one of my jobs as a coach is I, I really call out and reflect when I'm seeing something happen for someone or I'm seeing something shift in them. It's part of what I do to, to, to name that and to call it forward. And I said, Hey, guess what? My experience of you today is you are someone who follows through. You are someone who structures easy for, you are someone who organization benefits you and all of the lives that you're touching you are someone, you are someone. And I just kept making these and it just, you know, we were both emotional. It was beautiful. I'm emotional. <laughs> That's insane. I absolutely love that. And of course it just so perfectly flowed into, um, one of the other like bigger questions that I have for you. And the way that you described her, you said her way of being changed and you sent me the book, uh, becoming supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I love it. I was actually listening to a podcast with him this morning and um, he really walks through the science of yes. that shift or that change that is going back to the quote for today, how to completely get outside that box and build a completely different box. And a question I asked you a long time ago was um, what happens when you're doing this work and you are changing your way of being and you are evolving and you are asking yourself different questions. Um, what happens with 
your friendships? What happens with your relationship? You know, I'm living it, you know, and most of the time I'm not in a big cabin, I'm in a tiny apartment. And I'm thinking to myself at, at the time when I asked this, like, I'm in this tiny space with my fiance, I'm doing all the shifting and changing. My energy is going to be different. And that fear started to pop up of like, what happens next? And um, at the time you kind of explained how it's like, and I think the way we talked through it was, you know, the more that you know yourself and connect to yourself to get to that new way of being, the better you can even be as a partner or whatever. And so um, the way that I've grappled with it since then has been that it's almost like every new, or every new level of awareness is like a new level in a video game. And when I get to the new level, I look around to see what's there. What's this? What does it look like? Uh, also, I'm not really a gamer, but I had brothers, so <laughs> I had kind of the visual. And you get to the new level, and I look around, and every time, Jeff is is in that level, and it's been a really cool experience. But I would love for you to um, talk the listeners through, um, yeah, what what it, that what is that like for the executives, and even just how that changes their relationship with their team members or their friends, or yeah, I think it's a it's a tough one. Yes. The first, the first thing I'd say is about a year ago, I think I stopped defining progress as linear or as like a level up Mm. and instead chose a visual instead of like a, like a linear line with like nodes (laughs) where you get to the next node, that it's more of a sphere (sighs) and there are nodes all through the sphere. And my next level heavy quotes might be this point in the sphere and this other person's might be this other point, but maybe that's technically the same level of experience, but it, 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 it um, allows me to not put an expectation on myself or others that, um, that any, any one person is any quote unquote farther ahead mm. than anyone else, because we all have such unique journeys and experiences and lenses and perspectives that we're looking at our life through. Um, many of which, if we're not conscious of them, they are things that we're not even aware that we're doing. So it's not even a situation where it's like, can't you just see blah, 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 blah. Like, no, maybe that person had an experience when they were three and a half that for whatever reason, that understanding Mm. is blocked for them, but that's perfect because maybe there's an understanding that they have that you don't have. <laughs> and then mm. like, yeah, just got... So it's this acknowledgement that we are all lighting up nodes within a spherical structure. It's like an ecosystem. It's a, an ecology of awareness. And, and I just settle into the fact that my awareness might not be the, like, like a definition of my awareness growing, which I think is, is the, is the blanket thing. Just like, let's all work to increase our awareness of self and others in whatever way that looks like. But my awareness of self or others might look totally different from my husband's or from my friends. So it's, it's been a really cool process for me to uh, grasp that concept and apply it in my life. Cause I did have a story um, when I first kind of like started on this journey that I was just like everything that I would find out, I'd want to tell my husband. And if he wasn't down to like, learn it or listen, I'd be like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh my God. Like (laughs) Mm. we're going to grow apart. We're going to grow apart. How could we not? Because I'm, 
I understand all these things and he doesn't even care. And blah, blah, blah. But I think that that's a really limiting um, understanding of relationships. I think that we choose the people that we're in relationships with, whether it's romantically or platonically or from a business perspective, whatever it is, um, because that person has something to teach us instead of us assuming like, let me teach this person, mm. you know, and then that, that no matter what kind of relationship you're in, I think, well, I think that there are a lot, a lot of relationships that wouldn't apply to this, like traumatic ones, but we won't go there today. Mm. Uh, where if we come with this open heart and open mind of what am I, what is this person teaching me, especially in moments of hardship or when we have something that we wish would be true, it's like, okay, Mm. Take out the wish, take out the expectation. What am I, what could I learn for myself from this person as my guru? I also consider my kids my gurus. So when Atlas is like throwing a temper tantrum on the, Chris, on the, on the Christmas floor, on the kitchen floor, if I, if I can get my wherewithal around me, I can take a deep breath and say, okay, what is Atlas trying to reveal to me about myself right now? What is he reacting to within me? Because in that co-creative space, like we are creating a space together. What's the integrity of that space and what role am I playing, et cetera. Wow. That visual is so magical. It makes me want to get a globe and put it <laughs> on my desk so that I can remember that because the analogy came up for me the other day that coaching is kind of like if you had a pair of glasses, getting a ton of different lenses and just giving people like a million different types, not a million, but tons of different lenses that they can put on for different parts of their life. And the way that you just described that brought me back to that because it isn't about like, like for instance, I might've grabbed a pair of purple lenses at age 12 and my other friend might've just got those purple lenses or whatever. So it's like, okay. This makes so much more sense. Um, so thank you for that. I, yes. I love that. Um, when you think about kind of to, to wrap this up and again, bring it back to um, where we are right now with um, the state of, of the world, which has been a hard thing for me, to be honest, to, um, to really grasp. I have moments where I'm looking out the window and it's a beautiful day and, you know, I'm here with my fiance and, um, I'm still fortunate to work. Um, I'm like maybe ignoring the news that hour and, um, I'm not in the reality that maybe others are. And then when I get brought back to what is going on, it, it's, um, really just remarkable to be in alive and be ha having this experience, uh, when the whole planet is on the same page, like at the same table. Um, it's been a really, yeah, interesting time. And, and as I start to figure out what this means and how I want to alchemize it, I would love to um, turn that question onto you um, with, you know, I'm sure your business clients have asked you, hey, it's really an uncertain time. How do I make this move? How do I plan when I don't know about, and that was before this. Like, so now it, those fears are being heightened for so many people, um, all of us. And I would love to know what you are thinking about when it comes to the unknown of how long the pause will be for us. And it's going to be different for different people, but what does that look for you uh, with regards to your family um, and your work? Great question. The, I, I am advising myself the same way that I'm advising, particularly my um, executive clients that are like running organizations with people <laughs> 
who are attached to their every decision. And it's a very overwhelming time. Um, but what I keep centering back in and what, what is resonating with a lot of the people that I'm working with so that I know this is not me just living in a vacuum with my own mental constructs. <laughs> and it's this notion of people are spending a lot of energy right now trying to know unknowns, trying to search out whatever they can to, to feel like they know a little bit more of the unknown than the next person so that they can maybe make, or maybe it's not even a comparison for them, but either way, there's a lot of energy leaks and energy expenditure trying to know unknown things, which is, a, you're not going to win that. Like no one knows. There is no playbook for this, for anyone. So the, the advice that seems to resonate is whenever we realize, whenever someone realizes that they are in that swirl of thinking, trying to know unknown things that just can't be known, uh, to release that and ask, what do I know right now? What do I know right now? And what's my next right step right now? What feels right even? You know, what feels right? I think that we're being reminded that we're human. We're being reminded that we are a, a collective living system and we are vulnerable to the same kinds of things, no matter what we're trying to do to <laughs> divide ourselves, you know, as we've been doing for hundreds of years, probably thousands. And um, ask yourself, what do you know right now? And what can you do with that information? And know that that is the most compassionate, present, and courageous thing that you can do as a leader is to ask yourself that question. Don't try not to overcomplicate it. I know that's there's probably people listening that it's like, well, that's impossible to not overcomplicate it because everything's complicated. And I say, yes, everything is so complicated. And it is your job as a leader to simplify as much as possible, both for yourself and for those around you, because the complication feels overwhelming. And when people are overwhelmed, they can't be their best selves and they definitely can't make the right kinds of decisions. So simplify it in a way that feels compassionate and courageous and present and then see where you are. Wow. That's incredible. It's, uh, I think it's actually, um, comforting in a way to know that we have the ability to simplify it. If we can get courageous and creative and present. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you so much for being here and sharing so much. This is so fun. I'm such a big fan of yours. (laughs) you're impacting so many lives in beautiful ways. And I'm so grateful that you are a mindset coach on planet earth right now. Well, the feeling is mutual and I would love, love, love for people to find you. Obviously I'll put all of um, like your website and your Instagram in the notes, but I'd love for you to shout it out so they can hear it now. Yes. It's it's everything is my last name. I'm the only Christine O-N-L in the world. So my website is just my last name.com. O-W-E-N-E-L-L.com. And my, all of my handles on all types of social media is Christine O&L. If you put Christine O&L in the Google search bar, only me will come up. So I'm pretty easy to find. That's pretty cool. Isn't that? I know. We're, I did it. Only 12 O&Ls on the globe. So I didn't realize that. Um, but now that I think about when I Googled you, that you are the only thing that came up. Yeah. I, I believe that I had that experience and um, the synchronicity between you and I is that my grandfather's name was Owen Nell. So I will always, I will never recover from that (laughs) magical miracle of a scenario. That was wild. 
Yeah. He's with you. He is. So <laughs> thank you so much. It was so thank good. Thank you to... so much, Garrett. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. You guys, I hope that you are inspired and encouraged to take maybe this uh, human design route as your first step into self-growth, self-awareness, because the one thing that I've discovered is you can read a lot of self-help books and they all pull out the same themes, whether that's positivity or abundance mindset or, um, you know, how to cultivate better relationships. But what they don't do is give you kind of the compass to yourself because there are, as we've learned, a million ways that we all kind of operate uniquely. And once you know your unique way you operate, positives and negatives, as as Aaron calls them, in your wisdom or in your shadow, you now know what you're up against. You can set up your own defenses and you can understand why certain relationships in your life are more challenging than others. And I can speak to this. Um, after doing her workshop, it was just so empowering. I had to, like I said on the episode, I, I had to look up my mom's. I had to look up my you know, fiance Jeff's, all this stuff. And so Aaron has graciously offered you guys all a discount code so that you can get the blueprint done and not worry about you know spending a ton of money on it but uh, i would highly encourage it because what you can get a free like reading online you just type in your birthday on um you know there's several websites you can do it on however it's kind of hard to understand and i had done it and read some insightful things but I had so many questions for her and that's why I wanted to do her workshop in Boston. But if I had just done the blueprint, I'm pretty sure I would have also gotten all of those down. I just thought how cool would it be to meet her in person. So so I really admire her work. So I would just highly encourage all of you guys to go get the blueprint done and yeah, tell me what you learn. Tell me what you discover. I am all ears. I think that would be so interesting to learn your takeaways. Feel free to direct message me on Instagram at Garrett and Wood if you get one done or if you have more questions. Obviously, reach out to Erin because she's the expert on actual questions um, about the work and um, your findings. And again, discount code is in the show notes, her website, all of that stuff about her, where to find her is there for you. So, use it, enjoy it. And I will be talking to you guys on Sunday. As always, thank you so much for listening.